the moment you attach to something and try to move towards it with linear thinking and with doing, the paradox is it's moving away from you with equal and opposite speed. Welcome to the Have It All podcast. I'm Elon Ferdman, and along with my brother Guy, we're Satori Prime. We've spent the last 16 years on a quest of mastery, and not just in business, all areas. Mastery of our finances, our bodies, our relationships, and most importantly, our minds. You see, while most people fantasize about their dream life, we went out and created it. And you bet we learned a few things along the way. So if you want to gain new skills and tools that will help you achieve the life of your dreams, well, you've come to the right place. So get ready to have your mind expanded. Implement what you learn here today, and you'll start living the life of your dreams instead of just, well, dreaming about it. So are you ready to have it all? Let's go. Well, my fellow Satorians, it has come to our attention that many of you are not yet aware of some massive news in the Satori Prime world. So let me let you in on a not so little secret right now. So Guy and I have recently created an app that you can now download on your iPhone or your Android device just by searching for Satori Prime in either iTunes or the Google Play Store. Or if you want, you can even download it directly to your desktop by going to app satoriprime.com and the reviews are in and they are lively things like life-changing i love the gamification i share this with everyone in my life and my favorite how is this free so if you want to join your fellow satorians in our very own exclusive community then like i said head either to your itunes or google play store and search for satori prime or simply go to app.satoriprime.com and install it on your desktop. So as soon as you join, what we're going to do is we're going to give you access not only to our amazing community, we're also going to give you access to a completely free 10-part transformational mini-series that we've never released anywhere else. And this is where you can begin to uncover all of these limiting beliefs and start upgrading them. Things like money, overwhelm, procrastination, You'll get to see how you can create accountability in your life like never before, and you'll get to experience life in a whole new way. So if you haven't done so already, come join our Satorian family today. Make sure to go download that app. And now it's time for the episode. So Broski, I thought the conversation we started having earlier today with one of our clients, I thought was really, really profound. And I think... I'd love to continue that kind of conversation because I think it's really funny. I was actually, I saw, um, this is, let me just move some stuff here. I saw this is us. Um, I was catching up last night and I was just, it kind of like, that was the conversation that rolled to me. And and the question is, and, and he said it great. It's like, why, I guess like, why do people struggle so much to break old habits and one of the conversations we had with him, which I thought was really, really awesome. And, and this is the tool that I want to give you guys. Hey, Kathleen. So, you know, I think it's really fascinating how, and, and I called it the big reality check for a reason, because I feel like you, you do something in your life and you, you get the results. Like you, you try something new or you try a way of doing something and you create results. And the question I want to, work with you guys on today and like have a conversation. So I'd love if you guys engage with us here today. It's like, have you ever noticed that? Did I just do a Seinfeld? Have you ever noticed? Um, (laughs) Do you ever notice that like even 
if you try something new and it produces an awesome result for you in your life, that somehow we still default back to things like, well, maybe it was just lucky. Or I don't know if I can do that again. Or, you know, like, and we make up something. And even though, you know, like they say, the proof is in the pudding of the actual results that you're able to produce in your life, you somehow go back to that same old, same old. And you don't trust yourself and you don't believe that you can recreate it and you don't believe that it worked because what the brain tries to do, it tries to formulaically always understand something. It always tries to figure out, well, what's the formula? How do I do this? And how do I do that? And what I want to open up uh, the conversation today and have you guys start taking a look at this is look at something awesome that you've created recently in your life. Something that was just like magical, let's say. Okay. And tell me if you got to that state of magic by formulaically following some sort of, you know, if I do A plus B plus C, it's going to get to this. Versus, you know, when, when magic occurs, right. And it does, and it happens, you know, all of you guys can come out here and share amazing stories and things that you've been able to produce, et cetera. When you've kind of stepped out of that, you know, rigidness. And I guess the question that I want to kind of throw out there today, because I love really what you, what you shared with him earlier is like, why do we keep trusting a fictitious, made up, nonsensical, what if story that our brain creates when reality like the reality of life and the reality of your results say completely otherwise. And why is it that we keep defaulting to what the brain says instead of looking at what our actual results and reality produces? So, and uh, yeah, bro, I'd love for you to share kind of what, what you were sharing a little bit earlier. Cause I thought it was really, really interesting. <laughs> I wish, I wish I would have written the line that you, that you started off by saying, well, I have, I have a clue, and I usually say those things in flow, so if you ask me later to repeat myself, I can't really I, I do know. it. But here, here's what I'll, I will say about all that. So um, one of the things I told him was that uh, we have a choice moment by moment to either operate from experience or operate from intuition. That was the line. That's the line you're looking for, right? Yep. So Because that, that was an insight I had this morning. And of course we get on the call and it's like the, the perfect thing to share with him at that time. So what I mean by that is if you look at, if we just define experience loosely not to like, you know, apples and oranges and everyone starts throwing out definitions, just a definition to work with here is that experience is what we rely on and what our logical systems have comprehended or put in place based on whatever it is that we're calling our personal experience, right? Intuition so we're being guided by that past, essentially, right? So it's like, it's like now you're actually trying to create a future by leveraging your past, which is usually why it doesn't work for most people because what your mind actually does is it uh, misappropriates and, and puts past, past traumas into the future. And we actually live from the present moment into our future, right? Like into our expectations into the future. And if your past is in your future, like all the things that you haven't completed yet, felt through, et cetera, what you end up doing is just reliving your past in different variations over and over again. This is a lot of times why you hear people saying like, oh, I 
switch jobs, another crazy boss, or I'm dating, this person's crazy, you know, she's crazy, he's an asshole, and, and all these different things that were like, how does this keep happening to me? It's just um, basically like um, ruptures in our development that are, that are not complete yet, and you keep having an opportunity to complete them, except nobody's really given you the tools how to do that. So the other way is to live directly from, um, let's call it divine intelligence, uh, and said another way, gut instinct, intuition, um, and this is the one that requires faith because it requires no logic whatsoever. Why you're doing what you're doing is not important. Suddenly you feel like you're supposed to get on that train or you're supposed to make a left where you would normally make a right. And then before you know it, you're bumping into a person you haven't seen in 10 years and they're telling you exactly what you need to hear. Someone uh, I know has had a lot of issues with like her dog having a lot of surgery. She's got a blue, blue nose pit. And just told me this story about when she was going through all these surgeries, it was costing her, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. And she was basically flat ass broke and was basically dealing with the fact that her dog was going to die because she didn't have the money to take care of it. Ends up going to some event or some restaurant, sitting next to this woman, tells her the story of what's going on with her. And the woman hands her a $5,000 check, which is enough to cover the surgery of the dog and saves the dog's life. Now, when Elon says... You know, why is it so often that we see evidence for this, yet then we go right back to the old programming? I think part of it is uh, personal training, uh, meaning just we're passing down this lineage of Western mind logic thinking. Um, part of it is we don't change our environment. So we see everybody else doing that. It must be the right way to do it. And then the other thing I want to kind of throw in the mix here is that we are starting to see signs of this in the greater society. Because people are starting to use a uh, different terminology, and this is what I told him too, is that when you're in this like uh, doing-based, solution-based, logical-based type of model, notice how from where you want to get to, to where you want to be, or where you are to where you want to be, it's a linear path. You have a set amount of things that you're going to do. You're going to do them in a scheduled time. It's going to hopefully lead to specific results, and you're just kind of like knocking out these, this to-do list, hoping that it ends up that way. If it, that really worked if that really worked, everybody, everybody, or mostly everybody would be healthy, abundant, free, joyful, powerful, self-expressed. Uh, so I often say that, you know, one of my gifts is looking at the greater whole saying, okay, well, what's the model that we're working with? If that model is not working, it must not be a great model. We should probably throw it away and start over. And if we look at society as a whole with all those things I just mentioned, I think you guys would agree. I think that that is not the greater experience of 7.5 billion people on our planet today. So if that's the case, <laughs> why do we keep leaning into this model? And why are we looking for other ones where at the same time you have people, celebrities, people who are really abundant, people who are really healthy, trying to clue you in as to how it is, not even how, but that there's a way that they're being and operating that's literally pulling in the results. If you watch any Jim Carrey video from the past five years, if you watch any Will Smith video of him talking about how his life came to be the way that it is, all these people are pointing to that. And they're pointing to this level of faith and trust and a divine intelligence of just following their intuition, of really just kind of going for it in a way that just most people won't. Now, people say that like, oh, well, just follow your dreams. And, and to an extent, there's a truth in that, except that if you're following your dreams and that doesn't feel good on your path, then you're also really not working, working this muscle either. So, you know, this is the distinction guys is how much are you willing 
to live your life purely based on intuition, purely based on, on being guided by divine intelligence, what that kind of looks like. And I'm going to say this with hesitation because I don't want to turn this into a formula because turning it into a formula turns it more into linear thinking. And what I'm looking for for you guys is to start laterally thinking. How do you take a mishmash of things and just without really understanding the interrelationship between all of them, just know that they are and that they all work together somehow. So that whatever is coming into your space, whether it's pain in your body, uh, conversation with somebody, this is all part of that divine intelligence giving you clues and information from your environment as to what's the next step on your path. So for me, this is, this is the paradox of the whole thing is that the more, a lot of times when people start experiencing this, they get so excited that then they try to logic it and they go, okay, well I did this and that led to this and now I got that. And then they try it again and it doesn't work because the investment of your energy here is an investment in the future. That's unknown to you. Possibility cannot arise in the future. That's known. I'll say that again. Possibility cannot arise in a future that's known. If you already know what's coming, then that's all that's going to be. So you actually have to invest your energy into a timeline ahead of you where you absolutely have no clue. In fact, you actually give up the need at all to, to have some sort of logical understanding over what's happening and just kind of remain in this ether of the unknown. Now, what I see a lot of people do is they're good at visualizing. They might even be a great at meditation and altering or, or at least being with what's inside their body. And, and that is the beginning of that process. The next part of that process, though, is after you visualize and basically surrender to the frequencies of the body and then invest in your energy in a future that's unknown, it's actually completely releasing how that's going to arise in your life and letting the divine intelligence take care of all that, right? So, and this is where a lot of people actually stop the process because they start interjecting. They visualize it and then they say, this is what I want, except that that wanting creates an attachment. So if, I, if anything is going on in my life, right, we can judge it as good or bad, anything. Now, good, good or bad by what standard? This is the question I want you to ask yourself. By what standard? Your measure of good and bad is your measure of good and bad. And it's not even your measure of good and bad because that good and bad was told to you by your parents, society, religion, you know, uh, business, whatever, like uh, all that stuff, capitalism, right? And none of that is true. So if something great is happening in my life and I judge it as great, I have just begun a process of pain for myself because that, that judgment of it's good has now created an attachment. Even if I'm not aware of it quite yet, I'm attached to something because I'm attached to that it's good. And it's that attachment that's going to eventually lead to some sort of circumstance that doesn't align with what I perceive is supposed to happen when things are good. And then I'm going to get upset about it. And then I'm going to go, well, that didn't work. And then I go into resistance because now I'm resisting what's happening. And then I begin this ping pong match of learning a lesson when I'm in resistance, surrendering, then something good happens, then I get attached, then that, that gets destroyed and then go back to resistance. So this path kind of in the, middle, in the middle, what I understand is what the Tao is trying to describe is this path of least resistance really is the path of surrender, which is stop the judgment. If you wake up in the morning in a foul mood, notice that's a judgment too, by the way, I just wake up into a sensation. Whatever I describe as that mood is already a judgment and is beginning some kind of pain process. But if I wake up into some foul mood, the quickest way out without really trying to get out, by the way, again, all very paradoxical, 
is to just surrender that I'm in that mood and I get to experience the snow. And, and it's that surrender that allows the transience of that energy to actually move through quickly. The moment I say I'm in a foul mood, my programming is if I'm in a foul mood, I have to change it. Said another way is if I'm in a foul mood, I resist that I'm in a foul mood. I need to overcome it somehow. And it's actually that application of resistance that's prolonging the sensation of being in the foul mood. The moment I surrender to it, I just go, all right, it is what it is. It, it starts moving through. It has like a channel to move through. And you're basically just channeling that energy through you. Then another energy is going to come. So I want to tell you guys a quick story here because I'm saying a lot of big spiritual things here. So I have uh, two male tabbies at home. Anybody who follows me, you know, I, I put pictures up there of them all the time. And they're almost 11 years old. I have been through the ringer with these two guys. They're both amazing personalities, absolute gift. And uh, about a year and a half ago, I let a gentleman come live with me. And one of the stipulations was that he had a female cat. Now, if you know anything about cats, they're quite territorial. They're also very energy sensitive. And I knew it was a gamble. But for whatever reason, at that time, my intuition told me to let him bring bring him to the house. I said, hey, whatever shows up around this, good, bad, and different, we'll deal with it. So it was fine for a few months. And then after a few months, my boys... I guess caught her scent and, and started marking on my whole house. So I spent like six months, like went back in my room multiple times a week. Like I, I could literally write a how to guide on how to get cat marking and piss out of everything in your home um, now because I've done it so much. And here we are a year and a half later and, and I'm still dealing with this, by the way, not the same frequency, but like often on periods, I was so desperate to get this fixed. And, and I don't want to say like desperate. I, I was looking for, alternative fixes. I knew like a doctor wasn't going to fix this behaviorally. I'm sure I could do something. I went to a psychic. I live in San Diego. Why the hell not? Right. So, <laughs> so I get on the call to psychic and like 90% of what she told me, maybe 95% you could probably find in a Google search I have, but something did shift. She gave me a different perspective. And one of the things she told me was that these, these beings are lacking purpose. And in the moment she told me that I wasn't quite sure what that meant. I'm like, what purpose? Like, do they need to sleep more? <laughs> or do they, want to, like, they need to decapitate a mouse once a day. Like, I don't, I don't know what they need. I'm like, but I'm willing to just tell me. And she goes, you know what? Part of it is like kind of discovering with them. So I started thinking like, what could their purpose be? Now their purpose could be like aligned with my purpose and they support the energy somehow. So I'm on calls and doing things like this. Like they're just clearing energy from the room and, and making me a clearer channel. It could be that their purpose is to go outside or blah, 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 blah. So it's like two, three days later. And I have one of the worst days I've had with them to date like markings everywhere. I was, and, and I got angry and then I got really sad because I was, I was um, facing the reality that I, I, I don't feel responsible rehousing them because if they do this in somebody else's house, like I'm liable or I would feel liable and now I'm going to go pay for somebody else's stuff to get replaced. Um, so I'm, I'm facing like, okay, well, you know, am I going to live with this or am I going to put them in a shelter? So I went to bed that evening with this heaviness, this anger, and I, I sat with it, right? Just exactly what I'm telling you guys. I had this like really strong emotional response. So I was like, I'm not trying to change it. I'm in it. So I'm being with it. I'm meditating with it. Wake up the next morning. I'm a little bit sad too. Sit with it again. Keep, keep sitting with the energy. And then I go upstairs and this is the lesson. And I just learned a huge lesson like across the board from this because they come upstairs and I'm looking at them and I'm noticing I'm angry and I know that they're sensitive to, to the way I'm being. So I'm like, my energy is not like hostile towards them because now they become like an enemy in my house. Right. And I love these two little fuckers. <laughs> so I'm standing there and I go, this is my side. I think to myself, you know what? I can only be upset 
if I perceive ownership here. And I'll tell you what I mean by that, because my, for the 11 years I've had them and most pet owners, most parents, you look at your kids, you look at your parents, your, even your friends and people in your relationship as I own you. I have ownership with you, which means I have dominion over you. Right. And if I have dominion over you, it's like that whole thing. When you're in, under my roof, you live under my rules. Right. Like, like dad used to say, or like everyone's father and God and all the rest of it. Right. It all comes from the same patriarchal type of thinking. And I thought to myself, I would only get upset if that's how I thought about these cats that I have ownership. If I just see them as uh, sentient yep. beings who came here for purpose, who while they share space with me are not mine, no more than anybody's children are their own, right? They're sharing space with you. They chose you as a channel to come into this world. You don't own that person. That's called slavery, <laughs> you know? So I thought to myself, from the eyes of ownership, they're supposed to show up a certain way. They're supposed to be on a certain diet. I have one cat who's like Garfield. He literally gorges and eats himself to death. And I've been managing his intake of food for years now. And I thought to myself, you know what? Who am I to say what you're here for? Maybe you came down here to stuff your fucking face, vomit and explode and die. And I could only be upset if I have ownership and think that that's not supposed to happen to you or, or however it is that they show up. So I was like, you know what? You're free. Eat however much you want. Go outside whenever you feel like it. Piss here. Do that. I'm like, do whatever you want. I haven't had one accident in the house since that happened. Wow. Not one. Because I started loving them again. Like now I look at them. I'm like, opportunities for love. I'm like, how are you? Ba, 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 ba. It just completely shifted how I was interacting with them. Wow. Right? So I was like, oh, shit. I'm like, oh. And then I thought to myself, they're fulfilling their purpose. They're, they're teaching through me. If like, I actually thought to myself, they're here to teach along with me when she said that. Now, if they teach me lessons, I get to bring those lessons into everything that I do with every person I interact with, whose purpose is being fulfilled? Mine or theirs or both of ours. Yeah. So I started kind of taking this concept everywhere. Like where I'm upset, I perceive ownership. Think about like a, a loved one. You've been in a relationship with for a long time. Why are you upset? There's some way they're supposed to be. You can only believe that there's supposed to be some way if you perceive you have some kind of dominion over them or ownership over them. Same thing with children. Hey, I just wanted to pause here for a second and tell you about something that I realize many of you have no idea about. So Guy and I have just released a brand new advanced training. So after hundreds of emails and questions constantly asking us, well, how do I have it all? How do I have it all? We've created the five pillars to having it all. So if any of the things we share with you here on the podcast have resonated with you, then I'd like to invite you personally to an all new training. Now you can register for the next live class by heading to www.satoriprime.com forward slash register. There you'll be able to register for the next live class. Or if you're one of these people that I need it now, you can always just watch the latest replay on that page as well. This, by the way, my friends, is a robust in-depth training that will help you clearly see what's currently stopping you in any area of your life, be it your health, your relationships, your finances, or simply just maybe you want to manifest that big dream. It will help you with all of that. So again, go check it out by going to www.satoriprime.com forward slash register. And now back to the podcast. So here, here's my question. Like, I want to bring this back a little bit full circle. So yeah. With all that being said, you've tried certain things in the past, right? 
With the cats? Everything. Okay. Is what you're trying now completely different and completely new? Or is it something that you've tried some way, shape, or form before? Uh, you know what? Even if I have, I know now, because me, I'm like so sensitive to what's happening internally. Like, you know, part of my work these days is not really understanding personal development or spiritual development. It's making the internal, like not even making, noticing the internal shifts as they happen. Like I actually notice energy shifts in my body and I'm no longer concerned with having to language what's going on. I'm just like, I have so much trust now. I'm like, oh my God, that experience completely changed my life. It shows up afterwards. I even knew when I was talking to that psychic, I'm like, oh, something shifted inside of me. I didn't know till almost a week later what, what really had shifted just by seeing, you know, something on the court. And then like this insight came, right? So what I sense now is an energy shift that hadn't happened before. I had logical shifts before. Oh, I'm going to be really nice to them when I wake up in the morning. Oh, I'm going to give them whatever they want in the morning, right? Like all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and maybe with varied results that did have some kind of effect on them, you know, like, look, just like the same thing. Like if my body hurts, if I take them, my shoulder hurts, is communication from source right now about like, you know, some, some fear I have about carrying things. I could take the same thing with them and say, if God's talking through them, they've been trying to communicate something through divine intelligence that I'm not listening to. Okay. If what they've been saying to me is, Hey, we're bored. I want purpose. And I wasn't listening through that lens. I'm not getting the communication. Got it. Right. Were were you doing like, so here's the thing. Is that way of approaching a problem? Like, have you done that before and it's produced great results? I would say with, with varied. Yeah. I mean, in experiences for sure, I would say I've, you know, like, like let go of attachment and and responsibility type things. So, so here's kind of like the conundrum that I, I find people go into. It's like, we, have ways of being that works like showing them love and and giving up all your perceptions about how they are and should be and all that stuff. Like this is something that you've done in your life, not necessarily with them, but with other people. And it's produced awesome results, right? People get to show up a new way for you, et cetera. How is it that we have so much proof in our lives for what actually works and yet we keep going back to what doesn't? We keep going back to that knee-jerk reaction, the old program, the getting pissed, the getting upset, the like, you know, struggling and all that stuff. How is that the, the default mode that we keep bouncing back into? Well, I'm going to, I was going to say push back on that, but I'm not going to push back on that. I think that's one way to perceive it, but we could also say that's a perception. Maybe we're never going back at all. Right. So I'll give you another example, right? Like I'm in a new relationship right now and this has been somebody i've been dating since like june ish end of june and it was a really beautiful connection and i kept this person at arm's length okay part of that now i see because now that we're, we're getting closer and closer uh is hey i'm allowing it and and she's too uh the part of that has been i have lived around people and have been around many friends who've gotten married and have met the one and have enrolled me in a story of what it's like to meet a soulmate. Okay. Okay. That story is, you see this person, you look at each other's eyes within no time flat. You go, oh my God, I've been looking for you my whole life. Please don't ever leave me again. Okay. So in essence, for me, I have had this belief, whether conscious or unconscious, that when I would meet the right one, I would have this like, poof, 
explosive energy experience. I'm like, oh my God, this is really new. Now, granted, in my life, I've actually had that experience many times, more than once for sure, right? I just never committed to it as a lifelong journey and it's, it's come about. So yeah. my, my experience has been with most of my relationships that that's how a relationship starts or a good, the good ones anyway, right? And, and while I thought I was open to it looking other ways, not really, kind of attached to it. Yeah. So here I am with this amazing woman. And when I was in Europe, when we were in Europe together, I thought to myself at some point, I'm like, this feels like an old glove. And for some reason that just was there, but it really didn't hit home too much. And, you know, when I got home, I was kind of thinking about, okay, like, you know, what did this trip produce? Where's the relationship now? Is this still it? And, you know, the, the funny thing is when we first met each other, we said to each other, you're not my person hmm. right away. Like it was really early on. We're like, you're amazing. I love spending time with you. Not my person. And not my person because I don't think we were experiencing that fire, right? And, and in another way, like, I wasn't really in a place at that time just because I wasn't really fully healed from, from early relationship to really have that energy with somebody. So it could have been there, could have not. Here's my point is that we, that's like how it is in all things in life, right? Where we always have a perception of how it's going to feel or look when it finally arrives. And then it's like, what you don't know is that you're, you've created some kind of framework and everything else is kind of being judged through that framework. Sometimes it's really obvious, sometimes not. So here I was looking at all my relationships that started that way. And I'm like, you know, logically all my relationships that started that way while they were wonderful have also finished. Like they didn't, they didn't, <laughs> those weren't long-term relationships for me. Right. Um, and here, the other thing I noticed is I've grown so much that the other possibility, and again, I don't know that any of this to be true. I'm just kind of like spitballing ideas here that I've grown so much. Like I'm not, you know, that, that feeling of fire with somebody, what do you do when you have that fire feeling with somebody? Then you go have to see them all the time, right? And it almost hurts, hurts not to see them. Or there's like massive amounts of excitement. Like I gotta go see them again. I gotta go see them again. Part of what I see with that, again, not the truth, is that you're, you're actually trying to create attachment to that person because you're like, if I spend more time around them, they're going to be like more attached to me. I'm going to be more attached to them. And that kind of like, a, uh, you know, grants that, you know, this is going to be a relationship and we're going to start moving in that direction more. So I think yeah. that's part, partly what we do subconsciously early on. And then here, there hasn't been a lot of attachment. Like her and I just look at each other. I, I like trust her flat out from the beginning. I think she does with me too. Uh, amazing communication. It just, again, like feels like an old glove. And I thought to myself, why wouldn't I be as excited about that as I would be about like having that like really fiery like explosion when you meet somebody? You know what I mean? Okay. So, and I'm not saying one is better than the other, right? But we, we all know, like if you see a light that's emitting a lot of light right now, that's because it's about to go out. You know, the brightest, the brightest uh, light bulb looks is right before it explodes and goes out. Um, and that seems to be the case with everything. Like fire burns things off. So I'm kind of in this place where I've gotten a lot more patient. I'm a lot less attached to things. You know, I'm much more into doing my internal work. I'm like, this relationship actually kind of is an external representation of all that work. So just to go back to your question, like we, I think we, we don't know that we're using old models. That's number okay. one. And number two, maybe we're not. Maybe it's always in transient or everything always looks the same and it's just how we show up that changes. So let me give you kind of like an idea. And I thought this was really, really perfect the way that we had that kind of conversation earlier today. So I'll just use the example in a, in a broad sense. Like 
you have these experiences around money, for example, when, you know, you experienced abundance when you were living life up, you know, uh, not really worried about money, just like going after experiences, money kept flowing in, you just kept getting better and better. It was more and more amazing. Then something happened, right? And then we go back to like, okay, well, how do I create more abundance? How do I create more abundance? How do I create more abundance? And then instead of going to the life experience that served you, the life experience, I'm not talking about like the theory, the whatever, the life experience that you physically had the experience of, you manifested mega abundance, et cetera. You don't trust that. And you keep going back to that like over and over and over default mode of, all right, let me work much harder. Let me create a plan. When you look back at your life, like when you've done that, it doesn't work. Like that didn't work for you. So likewise in relationships, you know, it's like there are things that we do in relationships that work incredibly well, whether that's relationship with siblings or parents or intimate partners or kids or whatever. And yet time and time again, I even find myself like, going to strategies and going to things because my brain makes up a whole bunch of like what ifs and shoulds and coulds and blah, 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 creates this whole perception and reality. And that leads me to the default mode. So if I want to add anything to this, it's like where guy kind of started, which is the perception that your brain spits out, right? It's not even the perception. It's just like an idea of one possible outcome And keep in mind, like your brain really is just a terrified probability machine that's trying to come up with like the the highest probability of X, Y, and Z happening. Now, here's where it gets a little kooky is we buy into that, not because it's 100% likely, but it's of all the possible options, that's the highest percentage of it happening, right? So it's like, in linear thinking. In, that's what I'm saying, because this is how like our brain goes. So in lateral, in lateral thinking, not not so. Not at all. That's yeah. so that's where I want to kind of like finish this is is that difference between the two because your brain, that's what it does. That's the mechanism of what it does. And I think the reason keep defaulting, people keep defaulting to that instead of actually looking what I said, like a reality check. A reality check is like, hey, look at your life at the results that you've produced in any area. And see what what in that worked. Not listen to what the what ifs and the brain and like all that stuff coming up. Because again, here's the crazy part. If you buy into the what ifs of the story, then as soon as you buy in, you're now, your vibration, your frequency, your alignment, your emotion, your thought patterns are generally something like, I don't want that to happen. Now the universe doesn't hear, I don't want, or I want, it just hears like that thing that you're giving your energy to. So if the thing is like, oh my God, I'm so concerned about losing my loved one. I'm so concerned about the money disappearing out of my bank account. Guess what's going to happen? You're going to lose the money out of your bank account and you're going to lose that person. And it's all because of a perception that was made up. That's one out of a million possible likely scenarios. And so I find that like when people are vibing 
high, like, you know, you're, you're, you're living life on all three dimensions, you know, uh, your work is kicking ass, your relationships are amazing, your health is amazing, things like that. You notice that like good shit keeps happening. It's just like more and more and more because that's good energy wants to be around other good energy. And then something will happen and you'll go, oh, this can't be this good for this long. Something's going to happen. Right. And then as soon as that happens, like that plants that seed that kicks the mechanism up here into full hyperdrive because now it's trying to save you from that thing potentially happening. And in trying to save you from that thing actually happening, it's actually manifesting the thing that you're most worried about. And so like one of the things that I always practice is there's nothing to worry about until there's something to worry about. And what I mean by that is like, instead of dealing with a whole bunch of what ifs, which are God knows how many steps down the road from where you are right now, instead of actually dealing with or focusing on that made up movie, just focus at that moment. Like, how can I feel really good right now? What would that get to look like? What would I get to practice? What would I get to think about? What would I get to do? I don't know, fucking turn on a song and like dance crazy in your house. It doesn't really matter. It's just like, as soon as you buy that thing, that's to me, what sends me into default mode. And we all as human beings, we have millions of triggers that do that. You know, someone will speak a certain way to you, something will happen a certain way. And it like creates this whole pattern. And you're like, ah, I fucking knew it. Right. What I want to offer you guys. And, and I think I was doing it brilliantly uh, is that thought, that perception is what creates that entire momentum to falling back into that old pattern. And even though that, you know, there's never like that thing is never exactly like the thing before, right? It always has intricacies. You're constantly growing, developing, et cetera. It's just, I'm like, why can't we fall into the new patterns or the success patterns that have clearly proof is in the pudding created awesome results like, how do we train ourselves to just keep going and doing that over and over and over? Okay, well, let's have that conversation. So I think, I think one of the things that's really important here is what you were saying, like, when, when good things are happening and when bad things are happening, what are we doing? We're investigating, yep. constantly investigating. And it's that investigation that actually leads to resistance and attachment, right? So like the perception of I want this, the perceptions of I don't, it's, it's, it's a constant thing. It's kind of what I mentioned before. If I wake up and I say, this is good, I've started a, a cycle of pain, okay? So it's giving up. If we're living in divine intelligence, guys, if we're just with that relationship, right? Everything comes through the divine intelligence. I'm here to channel whatever comes through. I follow my intuition. I trust in the guidance. I trust in the unfolding. Um, that's it. Like, that's what I live by. Then is the investigation important from that place? It's a waste of your fucking time. Exactly. It's a waste of your fucking energy also. So that means that anything in front of you, there's nothing to investigate ever. There's always just, I'm going to surrender to what's so. I don't know about you guys. You're going to feel way more energized throughout the day. Yeah. That alone, life altering, monumental, holy poop shit type of transformation right there. Right. Amazing. So I think to go back to your original question, why do we do that? Because what's investigating? We're not investigating. Something's investigating. A mechanism within ourselves 
is investigating, and it's investigating, I would say, with the end in mind of it's seeking safety in all ways. Why do we pursue business goals and money, right? For the false perception that when we have it, we'll feel safer. Why do we try to understand anything? Because if I understand conceptually, I have better probability of controlling the situation, which means I get to control the, like have a perception of controlling the outcomes, which means I don't have to deal with my self-worth issues, by the way. And if you're not dealing with your self-worth issues, and they're not issues, they're just uh, ruptures that require healing, it actually means you're actually losing the opportunity to turn on the part of yourself that actually sources the energy of manifestation. So by doing more, you're moving further and further away from your capacity to manifest. Again, linear thinking, point A to point B versus lateral thinking, all shit all the time. Okay. And in business, they're doing this too. Right now you're going to hear people talking about, well, let's laterally think about this. And what they do is they take the concept that they're looking for and they introduce two or three really foreign concepts around it. And they look, look at and perceive what's the relationship. How do these relate to one another in ways that we've never thought of before? Kind of like taking uh, different ice cream flavors and mixing them all together to see what kind of flavor it going to cause or like or wines or anything, right? That, that's lateral thinking. So, you know, I think where we get is not about now, now we could say, well, if we go on this route, the danger is we start vilifying the logical mind, which will actually have you using logic to try to unvilify the logical mind. <laughs> so, and again, and it's, that's what's so paradoxical about these ideas. Cause it, a, they're not really ideas. If there's a way of being, there's an energy shift in the body and that's all it is. The moment you attach to something and try to move forward towards it with linear thinking, and with doing, the paradox is it's moving away from you with equal and opposite speed. And with it with the same speed. It's like judo. It's just like it's just moving. It's like these two orbs and they're just moving together. You're trying to move towards it and it's moving farther away. With with divine intelligence connection, it's let me show you what I want. Let me show you how it feels when I have it. And then that's it. And unattaching, and then just trusting that you've now magnetized your body to receive circumstances, people, situations, everything that align with this vibrational frequency of the body. And however it comes, it comes. And that's the feedback from the environment. And then you can go, cool. And then you get to surrender to that. And then you get to vibrate again. And then you get to surrender to that. And then you get to vibrate again. Here's the challenge, is not taking the wins and then turning it into a formula. Because now that's what I think reignites automated patterns. Because if I, if I take a win I got today and I go, okay, here's what I did. This morning, I woke up on the right side of the bed. I remember spinning three times. Then I breathed two times. I farted. I brushed my teeth. Left hand today, not the right. I took a poop. But this time, I led with the left leg, not the right. And this is what like uh, you know superstars do. And like athletes and stuff, they're super superstitious. And it's, it's just all perception. It's, it's ridiculous. So the thing is, it's like, get the win then release it. Mm. Release the perception of how it got here. And because at the moment you get into perception, you're saying, I know how it happened. You take yourself out of possibility. Again, possibility can only happen in unknown. So if you're starting to take possibility and you're making it known, you go back into logic. Again, all very paradoxical, right? So it's like, you get here, I achieve. Yay, I celebrate. I'm in gratitude. I'm so grateful. That's all energy. Like, I'm grateful in my body. I'm thankful in my body. I'm saying, wow, I deserve this. I'm self, I, I, I can feel my self-worth. That's what I'm really grateful for. 
I feel my divine connection to source. Okay, we're ready for more. But in order for more to now occur and not for it to repeat what just happened, I got to get back into surrender and unknown. And then I'm back in possibility, which means your investment in energy, if there's anything to put your time into, is invest yourself into the unknown, which means surrender to all things. So if you're waking up in the morning again into a lousy mood, there's no possibility until you surrender. If you wake up into a great mood, there's no possibility until you surrender. So I think here we're talking about, there's a a concept in Kabbalah called uh, the tourist and the spy. That's really what we're talking about. Remain a tourist in your life. Stop trying to figure it out. Stop trying to understand them. Stop trying to understand you. Every time you do, you paradoxically move further away from the things that you actually want. Okay? And, and that's really, I think, the, the challenge here is that when, when the challenges come, this is what they're talking about. You, become, you go from a tourist, and then the challenge happens, and you become a spy. And a spy is somebody who looks for evidence. They use the logical mind. A tourist, if anybody's ever traveled quite a bit, the joy of traveling is you're kind of in a lateral thinking way. You wake up in the morning, I don't know what's going to happen today. And then all this magical shit happens because you're out of your element, you're out of your routine, and you're not expecting anything. And then all this beauty shows up. It's, I believe it's why people feel more of themselves when they travel. They see synchronicity when they travel. They have magical events happen to them all the time. So, you know, I was there with, again, with, with uh, I don't want to just say her name just for you know, privacy reasons, but I was in, um, I was in Europe and we're walking through there and she's in a challenging time in her life. And I said, you know, you came here, you came on this trip on faith, right? She's like, yeah, absolutely. Within uh, a week of her saying yes to the trip, I think even less, I think the day she said yes to the trip, uh, one of my friend's moms who lives in Amsterdam in one of the probably nicer apartments in Amsterdam, beautiful view, wanted to come to San Diego and she asked my other friend, she's like, do you have any friends who want to go to Amsterdam for a few weeks while I come to San Diego? We could just swap homes. And she had just bought her fucking ticket to go to Amsterdam. Right? Like that just wow. happened. So she had a free place to stay. She said, so she doesn't have a lot of money. This was like a budget trip for her. Now she has one of the most nicest apartments in Amsterdam. Okay. Linearity, linear thinking would not have gotten her there. <laughs> that wouldn't have happened. She just followed intuition. So walking through the streets and, and it's like about a week and a half into the trip. And she's coming home. She doesn't have work and all this other stuff. She, again, like just went on faith. I said, how does it feel to be here? She goes, magical. I'm like, haven't we had one experience after the other that is unexplainable? She goes, yes. I said, do you want to take time to explain it? She said, no. I said, okay, well, do you want this in your life when you go home? And she says, yeah. Because she was starting, I could feel anxiety building inside of her. Like it was towards the end of the trip. And, and we were walking through the streets of Paris. And I said, stop a minute. And I said, feel what you feel. Like, feel what it feels like to live in a magical state. I said, now forward, project yourself going home and feel that energy there. Like, take this energy and put it in your body when you get home. Mm. I said, that's the training because you trusted. Look at all that's happened since you've been here. Even me coming on the trip was part of that, right? Like, making that experience happen, all that stuff. I'm like, that's, that's the energy, right? And then <laughs> should I tell them the rest of it? With like David and everything, yeah, I'll leave that alone. Yeah, but it's like it's like one magical thing after the next, right? It's just guys, it's in the frequency, it's in the energy. And the moment she started bringing logic, even if, like a week ago, she was here, nothing but turmoil. I think that the key takeaway here is we talk about this all the time, whether you're on any of our trainings or in our academy, um, flow state. 
and how to get into that flow state and the way to surrender or the way to flow is through surrender. You know, give up that you know the answer or you know the better way or any of that stuff and just release that. You know, it's like uh, Esther Hicks always used to say, like, let go of the oars and, and just go with it for a bit. And the key is not to go with it and just be terrified and scared and like, oh, my God, I don't know what it because that's that's more scarcity. That's more of that vibe that you don't want. It's truly releasing and like knowing, you know, like I have a story and this, again, this is just my perception that I'm, I'm protected. Like I'm protected by angels from up on high. Like I cannot, I cannot hit bottom. And I, I've created this story because I actually looked at my life and I was like, you know what? Every time it looks like it's going to end, or I'm going to die, or I can't see my way out of the situation right before, right? Like there's a release. There's just a, you know, like, like I I can't, I can't fight this anymore. And you just let go of the oars. And in that moment or very shortly after magic happens. And so I just wanted to have this conversation today to kind of invite you guys to play in magic. I know we're getting into like the last month of the year here. Um, You know, Thanksgiving was like a whole family time. I got so many messages from people like, Oh my God, I can't be with my family anymore. Uh, which I think is really, really interesting. And, um, you know, it goes like you have this and the energy that you're going to stockpile and like create inside of you, the emotional vibration that you're going to bring really is going to kick forward for you the magic of 2018. And how do you want to handle that? So, all right, guys. Very cool. All right, broski. I'll talk to you soon. Yep. Everybody, love you. Love you too. So one last reminder before we wrap up here today, if you haven't already grabbed the app that all of your fellow Satorians are going gaga over, then I would recommend to do it right now. Well, I guess if you're driving, maybe not just this second, but when you get a chance, go to your iTunes or Google Play Store, search for Satori Prime and download it today. You'll get access, like I said earlier, to an amazing and life-changing 10-part mini-series. And if you want to know the clear steps to create the have-it-all life for yourself, this app is an absolute must. Like I said, and you can hear in my voice, we are incredibly excited to share it with you and be with you inside of our community. So we'll see you there. So that's it, my friends. That's today's episode. I just want to thank you for being part of our Have It All family and truly, truly thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to help or give back in any way possible, the best way would be to share this or any other episode that you loved with your family, friends, or colleagues. And if you'd be so great as to just leave us a rating and a comment on either iTunes or Stitcher, whichever you use, that helps us tremendously. It only takes about two to three minutes of your time and would mean the world to us. Finally, I want to let you know that if you want to get even more exclusive content from Guy and I, just head over to satoriprime.com and make sure you join our mailing list. Now, I know what you might be thinking, God, not another mailing list, but I promise you, you'll only get an email or two from us per week and it will always have amazing videos and articles that I'm sure you're going to love, promise. So until next time, you can join our ongoing conversation at the Have It All Facebook group where you can let us know how we're doing and what we can do to improve. Love you all, and we'll see you on the next Have It All podcast. Have an amazing, amazing day, my friends.